Welcome to the All People's Church podcast. We believe in loving God, strengthening families, and developing leaders. We are so excited for you to hear this life-changing message recorded live at one of our worship experiences. Remember to share and subscribe to this podcast and enjoy the message. I want to speak to you a little bit more prophetically today, if I can, because at this time of the year, you know, the Lord really begins to stir my heart. I really begin to seek the Lord for the word for the next year in 2023. I was roaming around the streets of my neighborhood again, you know, yesterday, just just asking the Lord for for His word and, and hearing His His guidance and uh, and His voice. And you know, even in this season, there's been a word that I keep reading about, I keep hearing it, I see it in the scriptures, and and that is the word power. Everybody say power. And even, even last week as we talked about our finances and, and, and we, you know, we talked about power principles, power principles. This word power, the power to become even the children of God, which is the first power that our Father gives us, that, that power of identity. And from that identity flows everything in God. And a few weeks ago, some of you may not have been here, but one of our elders, Armando had he had shared a word with us in uh, in the eldership, and he talked about humility. He talked about being humble, and I've I've titled the message today "The Power of Humility" because humility, humbleness, is actually a spiritual weapon. It really is. You know, people talk about warfare all the time. Humility is is not only powerful, it's not only a spiritual weapon, but it's also a fruit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. You You don't become humble because you will yourself or you think yourself into, I think I'm going to be humble today. No, the humility that we're talking about that comes from God is actually produced in you. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is something that is formed in you, and it is very, very powerful. And and church, can I say this? In a world of self-promotion, God gives you a better way. I say that again. In a world of self-promotion and pride, God gives you an alternative. God God gives you his character because the king that that we serve, the king that we worship, the, the king that we love, he's actually a humble king. In just a few weeks, we're going to celebrate the birth of Christ. How did he come? In a humble way. In, in, you know, in resurrection season, Easter. How did, how did he even come into Jerusalem on a donkey in a, in a humble way? And so can I just say this, that for us to have the fruit of humility is to actually be Christ-like. To have the fruit of humility is to be Christ-like, and, and it is something that is very powerful. Not, not necessarily in our world today, but certainly in the kingdom of God. You see, our world is all about self. It's all about loud and proud, and, and the more you can shout about things and try to convince people that you're right and, and you're politically correct and all the rest of it, then you know maybe you'll convince the, the others in the world to follow you. But see, the kingdom of God is very, very different. 
I want to talk to you about the nature of Christ. I want to talk to you about his character and how the Lord wants to form this fruit within your character, within your personality. It's not well received. Not well accepted. As a matter of fact, some people look at humility and they go, well, you know, that's a weakness. No, my friends, here's what God says. It's a strength. Well, 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 if I'm humble, uh, people are going to take advantage of you. If people take advantage of you, God will fight for you. Come on, somebody. And... And I want us to take us, I want to take us into the story of the Old Testament because these stories are there because they display characteristics of, of Christ. And the Old Testament is, is good at providing some of these stories and, and illustrating things for us that the New Testament doesn't always, doesn't always do. But, but even as we go into this story uh, today, please understand that what I want to draw is the character and the nature of our God and of our Lord. Because here's what I really believe. I go back to that story of Armando and, and when he shared that word with us, the Lord said to me, that will be a key to the next season. That will be a key. Humility, humbleness will be a key to the next season because I really believe God wants to do greater things. How many, how many can say amen to that? God wants to do greater things. In a world that's literally going down the toilet, particularly, particularly when it when it comes to morality, huh? When it comes to righteousness and and the things that the Bible promotes versus what the world promotes. Hmm? Humility is going to be a key to the greater things. Unfortunately, we have leaders, and I'm going to say it online, we, we have a prime minister that has done more to harm the morality of the nation than any prime minister I have ever, I have ever served under or known. Honestly, that's the honest to God truth. This, this concept of inclusivity is that the exclusivity of God. Huh? Let's, let's just call it what it is. In, in their minds, to be inclusive is to be exclusive of you. In other words, if you serve Christ and, and you have a certain way of life and a certain pattern, you're not included. You're not included because, because what they want you to do is to water down your faith, your message, water down the Bible, and, and, and to receive things. And, and the moment, see, the moment that you say, no, 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 I can't receive that, well, then you're a bigot, and you're full of hatred, and, and all the rest of it. But here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, narrow is the way. Narrow, narrow is the way that leads to the kingdom of God, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. Have you noticed? The, the broad way is full of people. The broad way, there's all kinds of people that are headed to destruction and so your job and my job our responsibility is, is to get on those broad ways and say no 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 there is a narrow way there there is a narrow way that leads to life um rav here where's rav Where, there is an amazing testimony of this uh, uh precious young lady that has come to the lord uh, how long a year maybe rav or about a year all kinds of backgrounds i mean i sat down with her and and really you know she was on a on a bad path look for God, but on a, on a bad path. And, and as long as she was on the way of darkness, everybody was, was, was like helping her, like almost, almost putting the grease to skid her into hell. But then all of a sudden she met Jesus. She met Jesus. <laughs> 
And she said to me, Pastor, as soon as I met Jesus, everybody came out of the woodwork telling me how this was the wrong way and that's not right and you're, and you're, you're being blindsided and you're being brainwashed. She goes, when I was on the broad road, everyone was like, oh yeah, serve this God and this idea and this philosophy. But the moment I met Jesus, I came across all the resistance. Interesting. Because it's the truth that the enemy resists, right? It's on, it's on YouTube. You got it, 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 it. We're gonna show a snippet. It's a little bit long, and, and uh, you know, normally it's about five minutes or six minutes. I said to Emily, I said, Emily, why'd you let it go so long? She goes, Dad, it was so good. I didn't know what to do. And so I said, All right, we'll show a snippet, but put it online. But 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 it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And you even heard it when the people got baptized that that when people come to the Lord and they have a they have an encounter, all of a sudden our mind is revolutionized. My friends, when they say you're brainwashed, it's absolutely true. Your brain has been washed. For the first time in your life, your brain has been washed and you think clearly. And, and I want to give you a key. I want to give you a wisdom principle, a power principle that is going to unlock your future, that is, that is going to bring you before great people and even promote you because, because if you want to go high in the kingdom, you got to go low. If you want to go high, you got to go low. When they asked Jesus who would be the greatest, he, he didn't say, listen, there's nobody great in the kingdom. No, it's not what he said. He said, the greatest among you shall be the servant of all. He, say, he didn't say you can't be great. As a matter of fact, God wants you to be great. Turn to somebody and say, God wants you to be great. He didn't say you can't be great. He said, here's the way to be great in the kingdom. The greatest will serve all. So want us to stand together. Are we doing okay so far? Yes. Want us to stand. We're going to read uh, three scriptures. We're going to multitask a little bit here. And then I'm going to take you into the Old Testament. First of all, I want to read from, from James, who is the brother of Jesus and one of the disciples who at first resisted Jesus but then came to faith in Christ. And he says, but he, being God, gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. God resists the proud. My greatest prayer for you is that God would increase grace on your life. And then Peter, Peter, who was the leader of the disciples, very similarly, but listen to what he says. He says, likewise, you younger people. Maybe Peter got a glimpse into social media of the day. I don't know. He says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. That's a whole foreign concept to this, the majority of this generation. He says, yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Do you know that not only is it a spiritual weapon, not only uh, is it fruit, but now Peter says it's clothes. Put on these clothes. He says, for God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And then Proverbs 16, 18. I think everybody knows this scripture. He says, pride goes before destruction. Now don't miss this part. And a haughty spirit, arrogance before a fall. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. I remember weeks ago I said to you, why does God hate pride so much? You know why? Because the very first place that pride showed up was in heaven. That's right. 
The very first play wasn't on the earth, wasn't in hell, it was in heaven, where Lucifer said, I will, I will rise and I will establish my throne above the throne of God. And, and God hates pride because he saw that iniquity in heaven. Can we just pray, Father? We thank you for your word. We thank you for your people. And Lord, I pray that you will increase grace and that you would cause this key, this key to the next season to be a reality within our hearts and our lives and within our character. Produce in us a humble spirit. And all God's people said, come on, tell someone, be humble before you're seated. Be humble. Tell them, be humble. <laughs> come on, say, be humble. I want to take you to 1 Samuel chapter 25, and I don't have time to go through the entire chapter today. I, I want you to read it, study it. This, this, this story of David and Abigail. Anybody ever heard about Abigail? Anybody ever know this story? Uh, not only is it an amazing story, it's been so impactful in my own life that uh, I felt I, I needed to put it in my book. I've actually written about this very story and this incredible woman named Abigail, and I love the name. As a matter of fact, if I had another daughter, I, I would actually call her Abigail. I don't know if Carolyn agrees or not, but, but I would actually call her, uh, I would actually call this one Abigail. Honestly, uh, it is, it is such a, a powerful name, but let me, let me give you a little bit of background before I take you into certain passages and some of the points that I want to draw. Let me, let me give you some background. David, who is going to be the king, he's not the king right now. He's going to be the king. He was anointed by the prophet. Remember that he slaughtered Goliath. Uh, the nation had a great victory. And then he got the king's daughter. He got to pay no taxes. Glory to God, right? That, that might have been better than just getting the daughter, honestly, right? But, but, but he, he goes and he lives with the king and he goes on assignments and, and he's doing well until one day he comes home and, and, and they're singing songs about David and, and Saul and they're going, hey, you know, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his. And Saul didn't like that song. And he said, no, 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 David, here, that's, that song isn't going to make it on my playlist. And he saw David from that day as a threat to his kingdom. And so the Bible says he began to chase him all over the wilderness and gave his wife away and did all kinds of nasty things to David. And so David finds himself in the wilderness. He's, he's by himself, but something happens in the wilderness. People begin to come to David because he's a, he's a leader and he's anointed. And the Bible says those that were distracted and indebted and, and, and they, were, they were down on themselves and the downcast. And basically the people that, that know, you know, know Nobody wanted came to David and said, "Hey, David, you know we want to we want to join you. And we want you to lead us." And and so these these disgruntled people, the Bible says, became David's mighty men, almost like a you know the Bible's version of Robin Hood, although David didn't steal per se. And and so David is is out in the wilderness. He's out in the you know the back areas of, of Israel, and and every once in a while, this demonic spirit would would fire up. King Saul and he'd take the army and want to go and want to go kill David. And so this is David's life right now. He's been anointed, but he's not king. He's he's in a holding pattern. He's in a he's in a wait on God till the promise of the Lord is fulfilled. Now, while he's out there, there was a man, a man named Nabal. Nabal is the husband of Abigail. And the Bible says of him that he was a foolish man. Yes. 
that he was a worthless man, that it was a, he was a useless man, but somehow he had money. He had livestock. And so livestock would roam all over the, you know, the, the various parts of, of the hillside and what have you. And, and so David, David was, was almost like a protector. He protected uh, Nabal's people. He protected uh, his herdsmen, the flock. And, and so it wasn't uncommon for people like David then to send messengers or emissaries to Nabal to say, hey, listen, you know, all this time we've been out there with your men and we've taken care of them and protected them. And, and so we're asking you for a gift. Will you, will you honor us? Because not only did we not steal from you when we could have, we actually made sure that nobody else stole from you. You get the picture? And so it was very common for someone like Nabal to say, hey, I want to honor you. I want to send you a, a gift. But because he is useless and worthless and a dishonorable man, rather than saying, yeah, here's a gift, bring it to David, your master, and, and, and you know, thank you for everything that you've done for me. Uh, rather than doing that, Nabal disrespects David to his men. He derides him. He humiliates him. He, he basically calls David a commoner. Who is this David? And, and, and basically, you know, kind of made him out as wanting to take advantage of hardworking people like himself. Now, Although Nabal technically did not ask David for this help or this protection, as I said, it was a customary thing to honor people that had done something for them, even though you had not asked them directly. So the messengers come back. They tell David, we didn't get a good response. And David says, well, what did they say? And here's, they said, well, here's, here's, you know, I think they probably reluctantly would have told David, here's what he said. Well, the moment that David hears what is said of him, he loses his mind. Not a, not a great moment for David. Not a great moment for the would-be king. As, as a matter of fact, he lost all control of his emotional intelligence. I think that Nabal strike, struck a, a, not only a pride nerve in David, but he had struck that nerve, that, that I believe that rejection nerve. I mean, remember that David wasn't invited to his own anointing? Rejection. Then, then Saul rejects him, chasing him all over the place and, and to the place where, where David says to Saul, am I a dog? Am I a worm? Why, why, why are you doing this? And what have I done to you? I've only done good to you and you do evil to me. And so I believe that when, when David heard Nabal's words, it was almost like I have had it. This is it. I'm not going to allow this worthless man to speak about me like this. And, and so he says to his men, the mighty men, he says, get on your horses and put on your swords because we're going to go kill people. Not a metaphor. He's like, somebody is going to die today. You ever been there? You ever had a day like that where you're like, the next person, right, is going to die. <laughs> or, or we have a really bad day and then we, we get home and we unleash on the people we love because... No, nobody in this church, right? Because they, because they have to tolerate us, right? We're like, how was your day? Woo, right? Not in my house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pastor Carolyn stands at the door and, and she goes, do you come in peace? Because <laughs> you can just leave your fat head out there until you have... 
chilled chilled yourself down. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And and so so I got to give you the background first. And so they mount up. They're like, all right, let's go kill people. So so they they mount up. And and I I want you to get the scene. I want you to get the scene. David now gets on a horse. He begins to ride towards Nabal's house because he has murder. He has revenge on his mind. In the meantime, the Bible's like a, you know, they say to me, oh, the Bible is so boring. No, you're boring. The Bible is amazing. It's full of violence and sex and betrayal. I mean, some parts need to be R-rated, honest to God, right? But God is a phenomenal writer. Okay, in the meantime, the servants of Nabal who heard the story and the interaction, they don't go to Nabal because they know he's an idiot. They go to Abigail. Because you know what the the Bible says about Abigail? She was beautiful and she was wise. Church, men, men, can I help you men, young men? Listen, listen. Don't be fooled by her beauty. Make sure she's wise. Come on, somebody. And ladies, don't get fooled by all those bulging muscles and all those good looks. And No, no, because he might be an idiot. Make sure he's wise. Huh? Don't be deceived by your eyes. Kick the tires a little bit and find out. Find out what, find out if there's anything in there. Come on. Come on. I, I, I just got to say this. Please forgive me for a moment. But I look at some women and I say, why did you marry that? <laughs> You are so much better. And I, I, honestly, I, I don't know how to say it respectfully, but, but honestly, it's, it's just so true. But see, sometimes we get deceived by what we see. Rather than looking at heart and character and, and, and those things that relate to God. So they don't go, they don't go to him, they go to her because she's wise. And the Bible says that immediately she springs into action because she goes, uh-oh, there's going to be a problem here. And so look at, look at, verse, look at verse 24. Now, Abe, uh, verse 24 says that she, she began to um, load up donkeys with supplies. Donkeys. Remind you of anybody? Now, now remember, who's coming? Horses. Swords. And she's got a donkey. But I'm going to show you how more powerful the spirit of humility is than the spirit of rage. Because that's what's coming down the street is a spirit of rage. And she begins to put supplies together. Some wine and grain. and Because she's going to bring a gift to David. She, she's going to repair the disrespect and the dishonor more than just words, but literally a gift to soothe his, his anger and his heart. She says, let's get, let's get it all together. And, and by the way, she didn't, go to her, she didn't go to her husband either because she knows he's an idiot too. As a matter of fact, because she tells David, listen, listen, she tells David as his name is so is he. Do you know what her name means, by the way? My father is joy. My father is joy. Nibal, you're an idiot. How the, how the idiot got her, I think it was an arranged marriage, probably, right? Because how he got her, I'm not sure. But she's like, no use talking to him. 
Men, I, I just got to insert some things today. Men, listen, listen. If your wife has to make decisions apart from you, something's wrong with you. Come on. Not that she's disrespectful. Not that she's dishonoring. She just knows your, your weaknesses and your failures. And men, and I want to say this online, I am so tired of weak men. Huh? So tired. God calls you to be a man. God calls you to be strong. I'm so tired of men wanting to be women. Let the women be women and let the men be men. Be strong. Oh, pastor, you're just full of hatred. No, 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 no. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. And this pastor will never apologize for being a man. Never going to happen. I probably got muted on YouTube, but that's okay. <laughs> throw me off, throw me off Twitter, throw me off whatever you want. I'm just going to preach the word of God. So she goes into action. She begins to ride towards David. I want you to see the picture. Little donkey. And, and think of what speed could this woman go at with the little donkey. Full of supplies. And I want you to think about, use your sanctified imagination. Here's Dave. David's on a horse. I don't know if you ever heard galloping horses. Dust that's kicking up the, 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 the horse. Because I, I really think that as David thought about what Nabal said and all the things that are working in his heart, he must have just thought, man, I'm going to get there quick. I could just see him just kicking that horse and, 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 and the horse picking up pace. And the horse begins to snort and those muscles begin to begin to bulge in the horse. And then, you know, they're looking at each other. David's men are like, all right. And, and so the, the speed is picking up because, because David's fury is, I'm going to get there and I'm going to kill him all. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take it all out on this guy, little donkey. <laughs> Massive rage. How many know that's a mismatch? <laughs> but then you know what happens? There's a collision. There's an encounter. Somehow, little Abigail, my father is joy. Little Abigail somehow gets in the way of David because there's an encounter. Somehow she forces him to stop. All of that. Not to go around them. Not, I mean, literally, he could have probably trampled over her. He could have, you know, he could have sidestepped her. Somehow she blocks him so that there is an encounter. And notice my very first point, uh, my very first point here is that humility is the entranceway of grace. The Bible says that Abigail made haste, took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep already dressed, five sheaves of roasted grain, 100 clusters of raisins, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on donkeys. And my friends, you all know the scripture that a person's gift makes room for them. That's right. Everybody, everybody misquotes, oh, you know, it's your spiritual. No, no, no. Read the context. The Bible says you're present. Your present makes room for you. Your present softens people's hearts. Your, your gifts well, Pastor, I, I, only, I only give gifts to the people I like. That's the problem. The world does that. You know what the Bible says? You know what Jesus teaches you? He says, give gifts to your enemies. Uh, do good things to your enemies and, and so that you will, you will heap coals of fire on their head. You, have your, you, have, you, ever, you ever live beside neighbors? I thank God I have... Uh, on, on, oh, I'm online. I better be careful. On the... <laughs> 
Yeah, you ever live beside neighbors that, you know, when you have to shovel the snow, they, I mean, I mean, they, they, they bring a surveyor out so that, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Huh? You got the, you got the surveyor out there and they're like, and I, I mean, they are, they are, they're like just cutting the edge. Now you could have an attitude, well, I'll show you, or... When it's your turn to do it, come on, do it all. Do it all. <laughs> I watch some properties. I'm like, mm, that's a problem over there. That's a problem over there. That's, a, that's an issue over there. And you know, in, in my, I, the, the neighbor on the right, he's a great guy. And he's just got, you know, he's just got a little bit of strip of grass, whatever. I always cut his grass. I always go all the way. And God bless him. Now, I have more property in the front than he does. Do you know what? When his, his turn, he does it all for me. Yeah, he does. That's right. Does it all for me. Yeah. Never says thank you. Never. Like, it's, it's, it's not the way he's a very quiet guy. You never know. I get home and I'm like, my God, angels cut the grass. No, it's, it's my neighbor. <laughs> to be Christ-like is to be humble. It's, it's to do good to your enemies. It's, it's to go that, that extra mile. So now watch what happens in, in verse 23. Now, when Abigail saw David, she hastened to dismount from the donkey, fell on her face before David and bowed down to the ground because you see, humility has a certain posture. She doesn't even say, hey, uh, I'm Abigail, I'm married to the idiot, I'm out here. No, no, no. She just comes off the doubt. She knows it's David because the fury's coming and and imagine to, to bow yourself down. She could have said, you know what, David? You're out of your mind. But what, what, what do you mean coming to my house and killing people, innocent people? You're, how, how dare you behave this way? And she could have chastised them and she could have taken a piece out of him and, and everything else that the world teaches you to do today and, and to fight back and all the rest of it. And in David's present mindset, he'd have probably cut her head off. He said, woman, I'm not dealing with you today. Huh? See, see, this is the part of emotional intelligence that, that people don't understand, that people rise up and go, you know, I'm going to say whatever I want, whenever I want. Uh, don't you know who I am? And don't you know my rights? And, and don't you know my people? And all the rest of it. And some of you, I just want to, listen, I love you so much. Some of you have been sucked into wokeness. Some of you have been sucked into the old life that rather to be in Christ, you would rather be in the present day. And I'm telling you, instead of being victorious, you become victims. I, 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 let, me, let me just share a very sensitive story with you. Years ago, I had a mom come to me, black lady, beautiful woman, beautiful child, and you know, there was issues and all the things with the police that were going on, and, and she began to tell me about how she was teaching her daughter that, you know, you're, you know, you're a, a black woman and the police, and, and I, said, I said, sister, hold on here. I said, I said, what, 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 are, what, are, what are you saying to your child? What are you putting in your daughter's mind that somehow she's different or she's victimized or she's less than anybody else? I said, I said, this is the daughter of Christ. I said, why are you giving her the old identity? Why don't you give her the new identity? Because the new identity is going to bring her into freedom where the old identity brings you into slavery. That's right. 
Isn't this what Paul taught? All things are dead. I'm a new creation. I'm a new creature. Why? Why don't we teach that so that we empower, that we empower our, our young people? You see, we have over 30 nationalities. I say this at every dinner. You know, I, I, don't, I don't walk around going like, oh, I got some Asian people. I got some black people. I got white people. And yellow. No, no, no. To me, you're all brothers and sisters in Christ. And we're the family of God. And if you don't like people, and you don't like people of color, you're not going to like heaven. Huh? Because some of you are going to get there, you're like, uh, Peter, where's the Nigerian section? Can I, huh? Uh, uh, where, where? Now, Corey does have a Jamaican section, I'm going to tell you right now. No question about it, that one, I, that one, I believe, oh, it's the Jamaicans. Hey, where, 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 where are the Italians hanging out? Right? <laughs> They're going to boot you out. They're going to say, look at the throne. Every tribe. Every tongue. They come from everywhere. But they worship the king. Ah. Delroy, I hear your voice. My brother, you're such an encouragement to me. All right, I got to move on. I got to move on. Number three, I want you to see this. I want you to see. Am I okay with that? Yeah. Don't send me hate mail. I love you all. All right. You say, Pastor, you know what? You offend some of us. No, I want to offend all of you. Let me just. I'm an equal opportunity pastor. I want to offend everybody. <laughs> yeah. Someone's there is like, oh, yeah, watch what I'm going to put in your envelope, bro. All right, sorry. <laughs> I gotta preach people come on alright um, number three I want you to notice that humility always provides evidence of its existence notice verse 25 it says so she fell at his feet and said on me my lord on me let this iniquity be and please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant in verse 41 it says and then she arose as she bowed her face on the earth and said, here is your maidservant, a servant to wash the feet of the servants of my Lord. Remind you of anybody? Remind you of anybody? Remind you, I, to, to, to her, she wasn't like, you're just a crazy man. You're out of your mind. I'm not going to respect you. You're, you're full of fury and you're coming to kill my family. No, she's like, I'm going to humble myself. Here's what Jesus said, that the greatest among you will serve all. Remember that, remember that Jesus washed the feet of the disciples at the Last Supper. He said, I'm your Lord, but I wash your feet. He says, you ought to wash each other's feet. Now, feet of that day were different than feet of today. Mm -hmm. You know, today, today you go for pedicures. Huh? Not only women, but apparently men. Yes. My wife's been trying to get me to do this. Mm, I don't know. Then, then they put your feet, Kathy, they put your feet and little fishies come and, and they eat all the dead cells off your feet and people go, ooh, and they pay for this. <laughs> And you come out and your feet smell great and they, they look great. But in those days, see, feet were disgusting. <laughs> feet were what they were meant to be. Smelly, stinky, cheese. You know what I'm talking about? They, they had sandals, so they were dusty. They were dirty. There, there was animal feces along the road. And, and so it was customary, by the way, that uh, when you invited someone to your house, you had a bowl at the front so that they could wash their feet. But, but eventually, I, I guess, 
guess in this case there was no bowl and so Jesus said let me wash your feet imagine the awkwardness of that room in that moment to have their rabbi their master literally wash their feet she said I'm, I'm your servant I'm here to wash not only your feet I'll wash everybody's feet in your army because I honor you and I want to undo what was done to you by my husband. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Number five, humility is not afraid to take on responsibility and accountability. And, and you see what she says there? She says, let it be upon me. Let me take responsibility. Let, let me take accountability. If you're angry, take it out on me. But, but spare those people, watch this, including the guilty. Remind you of anybody? Let it be upon me father forgive them for they know not what they do if if this present world would only understand the true love of God the true mercy of God the true grace of God that that the people that you and I look at and say wow they're so vile they're so ungodly they're so disgusting you know what God says I love them all I love them all and I would receive them all you know what the difference with part of the church with part of the church is here, here's what I really believe with all my heart. You would, I think you and I would be shocked with the company that Jesus kept in our day. Yes. Right. Be honest with you, he probably wouldn't be here. Right. I know, I, hear what I'm saying to you. Not that we're not the children of God, but he would be in a place that we would probably be offended by. Yes. Well, why are you there? Why are you with those people? the love of God. Now watch, watch the difference of today. You see, the church of today, a lot of it is, well, come as you are and stay as you are. But the kingdom of God is, come as you are. Bongo change you. Come as you are and repent. Huh? What I, what I appreciate about Kimberly, I appreciate about our church, you know, we love the name of Jesus. We're not ashamed of it. Never going to be. Can I just have a few moments? I know it's 1230. Can I have a few moments? I see a few moments. Um, I went to, I think, Friday, Friday was Remembrance Day. I, went, I was at the gym and I'm in the change room. They have TVs in the change room. And all of a sudden, something caught my attention because they were doing the, the memorial. And I could tell, okay, it was a chaplain or someone. And, and they were reading a prayer. And, and I could tell by the prayer, I'm like, okay, this individual has some knowledge of God based on this prayer. But I stood there in front of the TV because I wasn't even interested in his prayer. You know what I was interested in? How he was going to end his prayer. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you know, just get me. Because I wanted to see if this man, either he had the courage or he was instructed, but I wanted to see how he was going to end his prayer. And of course, he didn't end his prayer the way we would end our prayer. What he said was, in your name. You see, Kimberly, forgive me. Because if they'd asked me, we want you to pray. But you're not going to pray in Jesus' name. I'd have said, I'm not praying. 
Because that's my commander in chief. That's my Lord. That's my God. And he's taught me to pray in his name. And I'm not ashamed of his name, whether I'm online or not online. See, you can pray in any name and no one will bother you. Oh, but there's something about that name. Oh, something about that name, Kimberly. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, that name stirs up demons. It stirs up the political system. It stirs up the flesh. The name, come on, somebody say Jesus. Say Jesus. Say Jesus. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Turn this. Thank you, bro. You know, today's, hey, listen, today's Lord's Day. I got nowhere to go. Praise God. But I, thank you, Cor. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Watch this. Watch this. Humility recognizes the greatness of people. Verse 28 says, after she says, uh, you know, please forgive my, 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 my trust. She says, you know, forgive my, my trespasses. And, and she says, and she says this in verse 30. And it shall come to pass that when the Lord has done for my Lord, being David, according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you a ruler over Israel. In another, in another section, she says to David, don't let this trespass come against my Lord. Did you know what she was saying? David, don't, don't let this momentary thing be a stain on your record when you become king. Don't, don't let this emotional event be a blotch on your record that when you become king, the people are going to say, yeah, but remember when he killed those people. Church, surround yourself with people that can provide you with holy perspective. Huh? That can keep you from moments when your emotions blind you and when you want to do things and say things. People that keep you grounded. People that keep you safe. People that recognize the greatness that is in you even when you don't recognize it. She prophesied over him. David, don't you know who you are? David, you're greater than this. David, you're greater than this moment. David, you're greater than Nabal. Church, I want to help you. Some of you struggle with people. They're not even at your level. They're just not worth it. They are just not worth it. That's what Abigail was saying. David, you're, you're going to be king. You're, you're amazing. And, and all that God has done. Why? Why? Why would you allow this? To rewrite the history of your life. I want to conclude with this worship team. We'll have communion. Listen to the words of David. The man of fury that came to kill people. An army of horses and swords against a donkey and a woman with some resources. David says this in verse 32. And David said to Abigail, blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you. Who sent her? God. Who sent you this day to meet me. 
And blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and for avenging myself with my own hand. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hurried and come to meet me, surely by morning light no males would have been left to Nabal. Here's what David's saying. As God is my witness, I was going to kill you all. But God... And then he says this. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and I have respected your person. I have heeded your voice. In a time, by the way, women, women weren't even at the status of men. I have heeded your voice. I have respected your person. Abigail goes back home. She tells Nabal everything that was going to happen. The Bible says he drops dead, either had a stroke or a heart attack. David hears that Nabal dies. You know what he does? He's like, I want to marry that woman. Because she's wise and she's beautiful. Everybody say that. She's wise and she's beautiful. Church, the spirit of humility is wise the spirit of humility is beautiful. I want you to stand with me. We're going to receive communion because as much as I've talked about Abigail, you can come and get this, David. As much as I've talked about Abigail today, I've really talked about the spirit of Christ. If you need emblems, if you didn't pick up your emblems, the service hosts are coming down the aisles right now. I want everybody to have communion. I want us to receive communion together. Hallelujah. Wafer represents the body of Christ, the broken body of Jesus. Let's receive it together. Hallelujah. And the cup, the cup that represents the sinless blood from our humble king. Let's receive it together. Hey everybody, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for watching. We really appreciate your time. Will you please like and subscribe so that you will get notifications. And by the way, your comments and your feedback are very important to us. Even sermon series and messages that you would like to hear about, please let us know, drop us a line. We would love to incorporate that into our teaching and our preaching. We appreciate you and thank you.